I'm Aeson, and this is the Super Cup Final Review, or a general state of play podcast, depending on your personal preferences. I'm delighted to be joined by one of the main men here at 9320, Mr. Lloyd Scrag. Afternoon, boss. Afternoon. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Are, are you, um, did you have a late one on behalf of Jack Grealish last night? European Super Cup slash charity shield holders. Um, nah, I went to bed. <laughs> but I was, I was happy to win. Happy to win. I mean, it's, it is a bit like the the community shield, isn't it? In that, like, if you lose, you don't really care. But, like, if you win, you're like, oh, that's good. Um, and you, it's, you only care about it if you're in it. Um, you know, I wouldn't watch... I don't think I've ever tuned into it, really, no, when other teams have played. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i delighted that they got another trophy. I'm delighted that we managed to get over the line um, in the face of adversity. I think it's something that we'll touch upon it a little bit later, but I do think that it's quietly becoming a little bit of a characteristic of this team of being able to do enough even when it feels like you're not playing well, which I think, you know, in the old days would have been different. But anyway, we'll get there. First things first, it's still transfer season. Yeah. I feel as though, you know, and this is a little bit connected to last night. I feel as though the the conversations that we had at the start of the summer around squad depth have been magnified by events in the last few weeks so i think it's worth having a look at where we are both in terms of the squad and in terms of transfers so kind of just to kick off where are we from a squad point of view like in terms of what what you would consider to be depth what the 11 is what you have from the bench when you have your 11 where are we at well we're at pretty darn thin at the moment and we were last night so Diaz was on the bench but wasn't allowed to come on De Bruyne wasn't there he's injured you know long term Bernardo wasn't there he, he's unwell um, Stones had just come back from an injury but has now apparently injured himself again separate injury so really from the bench I mean there's there, there's not a lot at the moment and I think that that applies if you start Palmer or if you start Alvarez or whatever you know the mm. guys on the bench at the moment are you know, one of Palmer or Alvarez, Calvin Phillips, who's just not even an option, clearly. And I'm sorry to all the lovers or people that were going at us over the summer, but like the guy is just so clearly not going to get minutes. It's just absolutely blindingly obvious. Um, we're good. We're good for defenders, obviously. But then, you know, then we're literally talking about Oscar Bob, uh, Laporte, who's seemingly going, Peroni, who I think is going on loan as of today. Well, this is it. I think, I think we can discount Laporte, Peroni and Cancelo immediately because it's very clear that their futures lie away from City, at least in the short term. Yeah. So then, well, let's, let's, look, at the, um, let's look at the bench from last night then. That's probably the best way to do it. So literally just trying to pull it up. Um, so we had Ortega... Carson, Diaz, Phillips, Stones, Laporte, Alvarez, Gomez, Perone, Bob, Lewis, McAtee. So really, of those lot, we're talking goalkeepers aside, 
So Diaz, yes. Phillips, I mean, no. But yes. Stones, yes. Laporte, no. Alvarez, yes. Gomez, no. Peroni, no. Bob, I mean, kid. Lewis, yes. McAtee, question mark. So to win a game, you're looking at Alvarez or McAtee at a push. Yeah. From the and then to play in midfield, you're looking at Calvin Phillips, that's it, and McAtee. But Calvin Phillips just isn't an option, is he? So you're looking at McAtee, that's it. Hmm. Interesting. How do you feel about that? Like, where, where where is your head at in terms of... Do, or, in fact, let me phrase the question in a different way. Did the way that the game panned out, did that affect, in the end, how you feel about the squad? No. Okay. No, I felt, I felt the same before the game, and I think people reacting like they did after the game or during the game was just a bit infantile, to be honest. If you if you were if you didn't have your head screwed on about where we we're at prior to the game, um I don't know what you've been watching or how tuned in you are, but I didn't think there was anything from last night that makes you go, Wow. I mean, obviously, yeah, we we lack creativity, but neither De Bruyne or Bernardo were playing. I actually think we missed Bernardo a lot in that game. Mm. Um but it's clear, it's absolutely clear just from looking at the squad that we are t- too sure. Yeah. At, at, at a minimum. Yeah, exactly, at a minimum. And so for, that's why I tweeted before, like the news of Peroni going on loan, well, that means that one of the foreign spots in the Champions League now is definitely up for grabs if he goes. And if he does go, City have got three spaces, basically. So say if you go Doku, Pakatar, you've still got space for somebody else. Mm. And with De Bruyne's injury, I would posit you could leave De Bruyne out of the Champions League squad yep. because he's not going to play yep. until after the group stages. So if you wanted to do something extra as well, you could say you've got four and then you might have a bit of a decision in January of, to leave somebody out. But, you know, that's not out of the question. Leave Sergio Gomez out. Do you know what I mean? Does Sergio Gomez need to be in the Champions League squad for well, the knockouts? He's Probably not. I think he's been replaced. I think actually they should be looking at at moving him on between now and the end of the window because it sounds like Barco is going to happen in January. So, you know, you just that, that's just not a body that you need. You're, you're actually going to go and buy a player in January who has got a really super high ceiling and who you're going to have to make promises to to bring him in in the first place just because of the competition for his signature. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be well, tempted they, to let Gomez go now. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say... That- there you go. So then, if that is the case, then you could say Gomez, Barco, like for like in January. Say if you don't get rid of Gomez now, say if you find him alone in Jan, well, then you definitely do have three spots available as yeah. of today. So yeah, um, I, I would, I would, I would tend to go along with that. I think my my I've got a little bit of an overriding concern. I think that we. I think that creativity comes in in loads of different forms. So I think, for example, like I think there's a lot of people who looked at last night and were very critical of uh, Phil in particular, which I have found to be very weird in the sense that, like, we can't have it both ways. We can't have a clamor to get him into the team centrally and then – acts like 
playing against a really low block, yeah, that Kevin De Bruyne hasn't had games where he really struggles to make any sort of impact because the opposition closed down well and the block is really low and the conditions are hard and they're just it's the for me the the creativity conversation is a conversation about um what type what different types of creativity do you have i think that for example you look at kevin foden and their passes they're genuinely they're lads who that their strength is they'll see a pass that nobody else will see they'll play those through balls i think with foden and a little bit with kev as well they can link really well with wide men and i think you saw that in the second half with Grealish and, and foden where they began to link and and they can score goals and they can create goals from those positions as well so i'm going to posit something which is it's going to be a little bit uh it's not about individuals right so this is not a criticism of any individual player i think we need more creativity from wide from both the wide areas i think that we've quietly we've really lowered our expectations of of what the two people flanking uh harland should be doing and we're kind of we i feel like there's kind of this narrative that got set in stone last season that like oh well well pep wants pause or wingers whatever that means right and i was kind of watching and and this is a kind of a a, a comment or a, a kind of an observation that comes from eight nine months of of watching this team and this idea of of pause or wingers i think sometimes if we don't start with the right pace in a game and we can't find the passing pace in a game, we don't really have anything else. That we don't have the kind of you you don't feel that either of the wide men are gonna take the game by the scruff of its neck. Yeah. Beat three men, make something genuinely happen. Um we need that. Desperately, I think we need that. I think we the kind of the idea of of being in the market for a winger, I'd be tempted to be in the market for two wingers straight away. Because I think that if you look at last night, well, Cole played on the right side. We don't know what Cole's future is going to be. It wouldn't surprise me if he sold still. Um, it's a decision that he has to make. But judging by Guardiola's comments last night, it obviously sounds like People have inquired about loans and they've made a very clear decision that he either stays with the team or he gets sold. So I think that uh, it's difficult to know what happens with him. But I think you also see with Kev being out for as long as he's out, centrally the issues it's going to cause. I think Rodri and Kovacic provide incredible cover. And I think when you've got De Bruyne playing Rodri, Kovacic, and De Bruyne can work and work really well. I think with Phil, it's really different. I don't think Phil is quite at that. He just, you know, Kevin De Bruyne at Phil's age wasn't able to control a game in the way that Kevin De Bruyne at 26, 27, 28 could control a game. And Phil isn't quite there yet. And so I think that you need a little bit more creatively next to him in the eights, which is why I'm looking at it and going, I wonder if, if it's going to be Kovacic and Rodri, whether Phil ends up playing on the right or whether they try and do, uh, and they do Bernardo in the middle as the, as the third, 
as the third player because he's kind of maybe a little bit better at, at controlling from there. <coughs> Excuse me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, but I I also think the flip side is even if you add minimum Pakitar Doku, I think it it completely change how the teams and your options look because Pakitar coming in means that you can play third and wide if you want, which is a good option, and it's a different option to to Bernardo playing wide. Um, Doku though also allows you to play Foden centrally if you want to, and I think people jumping to wild conclusions after last night on Foden not being able to play centrally after 10 days ago saying it's a disgrace if Foden doesn't start centrally after the charity shield, after the community shield and before the Burnley game is just like talk about peak like reactivity idiocy of like the 24 hour football final. It's just, it's just insane. Um, but yes, we are short on options out wide, but I actually think that's why Palmer's performance last night was the most interesting thing to come out of the game. Because I think he showed a lot of quality 1v1 that we don't have in the squad at the moment. And I think that's what we've lost in Mares. It's what someone like Doku will give you. And that's basically the key characteristic, isn't it, of what a winger gives you. It's the ability to open a game up, beat mm. a man. And then, because once the man's beaten and, you know, you create an overload or we've got guys running into the box, well, that's when you've got your Harlands in space. You've got. Foden running onto the ball. That's when we our players are at their best. The problem is we don't have those guys to keep the break the game open. Um, I mean, yeah, two would be great, mate. But I think it it might be unrealistic. Um, there's some there's some quotes from Cole Palmer that have literally just dropped, which I think seal his exit fate. Let me read them to you. Of course, the best scenario is to stay at Man City and play, but you. Obviously, you know what the competition is like, especially if they bring someone else in. I don't know. I just want to play regularly, like lots of minutes and stuff. So we will see. Um, I think he goes. I just... Uh, that... I don't think you can give Guardiola an ultimatum. I don't think you can say things like, I'd, I want to play regularly, like lots of minutes. I just... As good as he is... I don't even think that he's that good. I don't think, for example, that you can kind of nail your colours to the Cole Palmer mast for the next three or four months with Phil Foden in the squad, with the Kevin De Bruyne injury, with the fact that, you see what I mean? That like, it just, the competition is too fierce. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But I mean, it comes down to the player. That's what we've said the whole way through the summer, right? If he wants to go and there's a good offer, I think City have to facilitate it. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.